Welcome one and welcome all. We are here on Berry Flow Upstream number 79. My name is James and I'm here with a very special guest, Mr. Michael Cluley, Director of Software Product Management at BlackBerry. Joining us, we also have Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. and Blaze, Editor-in-Chief at CrackBerry.com. I want to give a big thanks to Michael for taking out some time for the podcast, and I'm sure the community at large is appreciating all the hard work you and your teams are putting in, both here, Reddit, and the software that we're all using, so big thanks as well. Hey, no worries, guys. We do it for you. Cool. What range of BlackBerry software do you cover for the company? Yeah, so my role specifically at BlackBerry is, uh, well, it's 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 morphed and evolved over the last uh, several months, as we pr probably all can imagine, uh, wearing many hats. But primarily what I do from a product perspective is I look at uh, the large release that we have ahead of us, let's take Priv as, as a great example, I look at what we want to build, I reach out to all the individual uh, product owners and figure out what they have on their roadmaps and we pull that together into the solid uh, release. So I'm not individually responsible for Hub or BBM or, or the browser or, or the individual areas. We have, you know, great guys who uh, and girls who work on that uh, together and we I just help roll that in and then go through the mechanics of working with our engineering teams uh, to build the products that we ship and engage our carrier partners and things like that. So it's kind of this overarching role that pulls things together. That's great. Thank you. So essentially you have the software division and the hardware division, everyone kind of coming together on the priv. So what are you most proud of in terms of how the teams have worked together to deliver on the actual final product of the priv? You know, I think it's a, a fantastic product. It marries what people expect from the Android ecosystem uh, and brings in all of that BlackBerry goodness that we've uh, been talking about for years on BB10. Um, you know, it brings in the hub, it brings in that keyboard experience, that communication experience, um, and rolls that into something that is competitive from hardware to software uh, and to the, the overall offering that we have here. Um, you know, I think it's not one thing for me uh, personally that makes this a great smartphone. It's everything. It's that whole experience that we've brought together, which includes the hub and keyboard and BBM and everything that we've packed into this phone, and including security. So definitely going to be people who uh, use this first and foremost as a touchscreen phone, right? It's that it's that 16 by 9 form factor for uh, touchscreen phones um, and that keyboard is hidden away but uh, you know there is those people who just want the reassurance of that physical keyboard and that's when they're going to pop it out and you know I'm, I'm a 30 to 40 percent physical keyboard uh, user uh, it, where I use I use virtual for a lot of those quickie things for sure. I, I do think that the Passport Silver Edition is is by far the best physical keyboard that we have ever built. Uh, I know there may be some uh, religious connotation and wars on the three row versus the four row keyboard for sure. Um, uh, but I do think it's probably one of the best physical keyboards that we've built. Uh, and 
there is that adjustment period when you go from a passport to a priv uh, and, and there's things because of the three row versus four row uh, your your typing uh, experiences got to readjust back to four row um, but also the size of a passport compared to the the priv being much wider on the passport uh, you have to uh, readjust down to uh, you know that bold style form factor of a physical keyboard uh, but I do think still there are people who will use a mix of both for sure. So to me it seems like uh, there's a lot of lot of stuff built directly into Priv that you know is it's sort of possibly related to Marshmallow and the updates and stuff that are rolling out. Lately we, we've seen a lot of OEMs roll out the uh, Marshmallow update itself. I was just kind of wondering Michael if you could break it down as to what sort of things BlackBerry and the teams have to look at when they um, consider OS updates, doing major software updates, um, the, the the pieces of the OS that you guys need to specifically look at to make sure that are all in line in order for you to move to a newer OS. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And actually, uh, before I get into answer that, uh, I'm going to take a quick plug uh, for the software update this time around. Uh, it is up there. It is available. Do make sure you download it between the OS upgrade itself and uh, the app updates in Google Play. Uh, there's plenty of fixes in both of those. Um, uh, and I think the users will really, really appreciate uh, what they're getting in that upgrade. Um, and, you know, just one more thing to say on that. I know uh, in within the community, there's uh, we'll call it a lot of noise around uh, software upgrades coming direct from BlackBerry and, and those updates that come via carriers. Uh, just to point out that from the time we released the upgrade to shop BlackBerry devices to availability of the AT&T release was two weeks. Um, so it's not a huge uh, gap between those and we're working to make sure that when uh, software updates do come out that the time that direct purchase phones get them to carriers uh, is is a small a smaller gap so working to increase that um, but back to your question uh, specifically you know uh, we are doing a lot of stuff under the covers uh, in the OS that we've built for Priv itself there's a lot of security enhancements uh, that go into uh, what we've done with Priv and you know yeah in Marshmallow uh, Google's done a great job at adding uh, some of the functionality that we had to bake into the OS ourselves. a great example is uh, 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 boot verification um, which is part of Marshmallow uh, we did that in uh, Lollipop that wasn't something that was there so you know now as we do the work towards Marshmallow, you know, on the onset of that, we have to look at, do we go with our solution, which we know is tried and true, or do we take what's off the shelf? And the philosophy that uh, we have adopted um, is try to take as much off the shelf as we can. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're leveraging what's out there, uh, especially all the, the work that continues to come. Um, and get as much as we can, you know, quote unquote, for free. Uh, but at the same time, we want to make sure what we're getting is is the right thing for us, especially when we get into focusing on security and, and the things of privacy that matter to uh, customers as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
I know specifically that that similar question in terms of off-the-shelf software or does BlackBerry roll with their own solution um, actually came up in, in the in the BlackBerry forums a few times because of the fact that maybe maybe some of the imp security implementations that BlackBerry was building was overlapping with Google. So it's good to know, you know, what what route BlackBerry takes with that. So that actually answers the full question that people were having. So that's perfect. No, no worries. And you know, we have uh, a lot of experience, a lot of background um, here for sure. And uh, we want to make sure that we bring that over and, and do it correctly. So it's it's we ask the hard questions when we do things for sure. So I had a question in regard of re-engineering some of those BlackBerry 10 core applications for the Android offering. Would you say that Priv serves as potentially a starting point for a wider cross-platform? I know earlier in the year we heard about a BlackBerry Experience Suite. Would you say that some of the software assets on Priv, like the keyboard, the hub, etc., are part of kind of a wider uh, stra strategy in terms of the software? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, our focus for Priv was getting... Uh, they write experience on on Android. You know, uh, since the launch of Priv, we've gotten a lot of feedback on uh, what Hub is like, what the home screen is like, uh, especially from uh, BlackBerry 10 users who want to see, you know, uh, the Hub on the the left, or uh, they want to see some of the those more common controls, say at the bottom of the screen as opposed to the top. Our design philosophy right from the start of when we kicked off this program uh, was essentially uh, to be closer to the stock Android experience. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, for someone coming from uh, an existing Android smartphone that they could pick up the Priv and begin using it right away, that they didn't have a learning curve. We know that BlackBerry 10 has a learning curve, but we know once you get using it, uh, you love it. But the challenge that we've seen with BlackBerry 10 uh, time and time again is people had to learn and adjust to what that experience was. Uh, whereas with Priv, we wanted to eliminate that that curve altogether. Want to make sure that if a user is walking into an AT&T store, that they can go purchase that device, take it out of the box, power it on, and begin using it right away because it's very similar to that experience that they've had before. Uh, so for us, making sure that the core experiences like Hub, Calendar, uh, whatever is on the phone uh, feels like any other Android application out there. And that is the basis for, you know, the ability to even begin to go uh, cross-platform uh, with those experiences. Obviously, you know, BlackBerry is about cross-platform solutions now, uh, and we do that. So, um, you know, I, I'm not here to comment on whether it will or won't over time, uh, but it's definitely a... A, a direction uh, uh, that we're heading towards to be able to do that. Whether we do it or not is one thing, uh, but we're definitely focused on making that experience right on Priv itself. No, oh, yeah, I could definitely see that, and it's something where I've been able to see with my my mom at least. She was on BlackBerry 10, and 
you know, she is used to having the hub. That's where you go to get everything. And when we got her over to Android, it was like, all right, mom, just do the same up to the right gesture that you're used to. And that's, that's everything, you know, that's where you find everything. And it really helped her with the transition. And my aunt's thinking about switching over to the Priv as well. And she's on a Q10. And it was, I, you don't really realize how much of a learning curve it is for people to learn a new platform. And learning Android right out of the box is not an easy task for someone who's a little bit older or not as tech savvy. Um, Definitely. So, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of feature requests going on, and I'm sure there's a big backlog uh, within your Q&A kind of during the, um, the Reddit Android uh, Q&A. People had brought up things like pinch gestures and the hub, and you had mentioned that possibly some of these features were looking to come. So what, what information are you looking at to determine, I guess, what the right implementation is to me? Um, you know, with release deadlines, you have a various software. What, what, when, when are you like, okay, we have enough features, let's just push. With things like Hub uh, and, and all of the apps now, the fact that they're on Google Play, we're able to update these on a fairly frequent cadence. Um, so essentially what we've established is regular milestones of when we're going to be pushing updates out uh, to uh, of the apps on Google Play itself. Um, and uh, what we've essentially done is follow sort of that tried and true uh, agile release train notion, right? So you have your your regular milestones, uh, whether it's you know say say for example sakes it's four weeks, um, uh, and please don't take it as we're doing it every four weeks because that is not what I'm setting here as an expectation. This is example only, uh, but say you have your four week development cycle, um, you get as much as you do into that four week period, and if you don't get something, then that's okay. It'll come in the next four weeks um, and that's essentially the model we're we're flowing here um, so you know we will uh, do it on a regular basis and we'll tweak uh, the the time frame as we go along um, uh, to see what works and what doesn't is it too short is it too long uh, but that's essentially what we're working towards with all the app updates on on top here it's great. I love that AT&T, at least stateside, was able to come around very quickly with those updates as well. And that's really nice to see when you're trying to focus on those security patches and keeping everything going. It's really great from an end user's perspective as well. Because sometimes you can have that disconnect between should I have gotten it at Shop Blackberry, should I have gotten it at my carrier, because both are working together very well. Those updates are coming at a very consistent pace. So that's awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we want to do OS updates, uh, but and and we we clearly wanted to do a, an update after launch to make sure that we picked up uh, feedback from launch and you know tried to see what issues were out there that we felt needed to be addressed from that perspective. Um, uh, but over time, we'd actually like to do less OS updates, but more app updates. And the the reasoning behind that is because you get to a point where the OS itself is stable, obviously, unless you're going to uh, major Google uh, updates, right? 
um, uh, and and you can just focus on doing those application updates, and and that's where you can add features into the hub or the calendar, etc. Um, and you don't need to update the whole OS or go through carrier certification cycles or anything like that uh, for a simple bug fix or feature adder to hub, which is the nice thing that we've done with allowing those to be updated via Play at the moment. So, um, you know, obviously. Uh, our monthly security patch strategy is completely different from sort of what I just talked about there. We'll continue to do the security patches on a monthly basis, uh, but those will be very focused on on the security uh, items that come from Google themselves um, and, and not specific to the wider OS updates uh, that uh, we've done in the past with BlackBerry 10. Yeah, you know, and that's something that I, I really enjoy, at least on Android that I never kind of experienced on BlackBerry 10, and that was, you know, I go, I go to Google Play and I see an update for the hub and for the camera and for notes, and, like, you get excited, like, oh, what they add? And in the past for BlackBerry 10, you have to wait for a major release or a leak or whatever happens and extract it, and, you know, it's, it's just much more natural, and it's, it's an exciting thing to experience now, so. Um, I guess moving on from that, like Alex said, the, the app updates actually do excite people and everything like that. But um, one thing that I wanted to essentially move into was, uh, and I don't know how much you can actually speak to it, Michael, but um, BlackBerry's um, online marketing and stuff like that that has, has gone out as of late. Um, you know, the, again, not sure if you can directly speak to it, but um, it, it's it's really much different than from what we've seen from BlackBerry in the past. Can you... Can you just sort of speak to like the path that you guys decided to go with in terms of marketing this time around? Because it just seems like a little bit totally different. Yeah, I can I can speak to a little bit and give some color there specifically. Um, you know, we definitely wanted to focus on a lot of uh, online marketing, uh, drive in that social space, leverage uh, some of the channels. Uh, that we haven't necessarily before. So, you know, really using uh, Instagram, whereas before we were only uh, Twitter and Facebook. Um, obviously, we did uh, an AMA on Reddit uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that's completely new for us uh, and, and something that uh, we got a lot of positive feedback uh, for the fact that we were doing it in the first place. Um, and drive into those sort of new online channels and drive a lot of that online uh, marketing uh, from that perspective and build on areas where you know we have the potential to do some viral aspects of it as well so uh, let let others help uh, communicate what we are building here and have built with Priv specifically that's awesome especially now that you guys like got the got the blackberry instagram itself um you know i know it was like blackberry studio before which is you know, totally a little bit off-brand. Like, you could still find it, but it wasn't BlackBerry. Like, people search out BlackBerry specifically. And then I saw that new Jadakiss video last night. That was pretty awesome, too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that's, like, super clever. And it's going to hit that, that specific demographic really, really well. And I like that it's tailored, which, again, Priv is one of those really interesting devices because even from a design perspective, it kind of, like, imbibes that, that feeling of privacy where you don't necessarily know that keyboard is there, but when you need it, you can slide it up and, you know, the privacy is engaged, so to speak. So definitely really cool. And I, I like seeing the marketing from you guys and hope you guys definitely continue to do it in the future. 
definitely a new direction as a fresh take on it, as from what we've seen on Passport and Flash. Yeah, and you'll definitely see a couple other things uh, over the next several weeks and, and months uh, that helps also get some eyeballs uh, back onto BlackBerry and, and onto the brand as a whole and, and specifically around Priv. So watch for some interesting things coming into some of the bigger cities. It's good to hear. So we had a little bit more here on our question list. We talked a little bit about marketing. I wanted to ask a little bit about internally at BlackBerry. Are there a lot of pribs within the organization itself, or are a lot of people still torn? Are a lot of people still using BB10 on classics, or have has the company kind of migrated over to pribs? Uh, you know, as as part of everything that John's done and, and our commitment to getting towards uh, profitability, we obviously have to limit costs. Uh, so we can't just go crazy and order a lot of uh, Priv hardware to, to give out to every single employee in the company, right? So we still have to keep that at a modest level. But, you know, there is a lot of Priv hardware out there within the organization, um, and it's in the hands for people who need it um, uh, as we focus on that. And, you know, not everyone at BlackBerry has a Priv right now, and, and that's okay because we still have other programs like 1033 for BlackBerry 10, uh, where we need people running that software and doing all of our internal testing on it to make sure that when it's released, uh, it is it is good for public consumption. So I, I guess this is kind of a, an obvious question that would come up here is, what are some of your favorite productivity features built into the Priv? So, I mean, there are a few things I don't think people even appreciate. Uh, the Hub, for instance, on Android, you guys have really gone and depth with like the views section so like I have a messaging view within the hub which only pulls in messaging and it's pretty robust and you really didn't have that kind of functionality on BlackBerry 10 so you guys have definitely thought through some productivity things you know specific to Android uh, to BlackBerry 10 so I guess specifically I'm kind of asking this question towards maybe Android only features that you've kind of expanded upon BlackBerry 10 or if not you know whatever you can think of yeah, I know. Great question. Uh, of course, uh, you know, I'll come right out and, and I continue to beat up our product guys for this one too, but I definitely mean, miss the uh, pinch uh, gesture in the hub. So uh, we're definitely working on that and hope to bring that out uh, to hub as a, a update to via Google Play. Uh, but uh, specifically what I do like, you know, I do like that custom view support uh, very much like you. I also have an email only uh, custom mm -hmm. view because I have several email accounts. Um, but sometimes you just need to get out of the social noise for a second and look at what that email is. So I have that. It's a great way to focus just on that specifically. Uh, the other big thing for me uh, that I use a lot as well is um, the calendar view in the productivity tab. And I use that because you can get to it from anywhere, right? You're in the browser, you're checking out a YouTube video, you're like, oh man, do I have an appointment coming up? You just do that swipe over, you see what your uh, view looks like, and you're good to go. Um, I actually use that now more than I use uh, the the calendar peak in Hub uh, specifically because you're also sort of using the device uh, for other purposes beyond just being in Hub at that point. Um, and, and then part of that is a little bit of the contacts. Uh, you know, one of the one of the areas that I want to see uh, addressed uh, with the productivity tab a little bit 
is for contacts to show up, you have to favorite contacts there. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about how do we get that to be a little bit more useful through some sort of frequency or suggestions and things like that. Um, so that tab is very much a, a V1 type feature, uh, but it is something we want to continue to explore. My next question was pretty much already answered, but uh, we sort of went over at least some of it anyways. Um, is there is there any like sort of remaining features from BlackBerry 10 that you're really hoping, or or anybody else on the on the team, um, is really hoping to be able to go ahead and bring over to Proof directly? So wait a second, Blaze. Are you are you asking me if there's features I want to bring over, or is there are, are you hinting at something that you really want to see brought over to the product? Because you know I'm I'm confused here, sir. I mean. There's a few things that I want to see brought over. There's a few, I mean, there's a few things that everybody wants to see brought over. The majority of those know. Everything from BlackBerry 10 brought over. But I mean, I'm everything. everything. Yeah. No, no. You know, uh, we we definitely have our, our backlog of things that we want to uh, bring to Priv and bring to the product. Uh, and you know, it's it's just it takes time to get it there. It takes time to bring everything order over. Um, so you know, we've we had gosh, what three years uh, of BlackBerry 10 under our belt. Uh, so we need to make sure uh, that we are bringing over the right experiences first, uh, the experiences um, that matter most to people um, from that perspective. So. Uh, you know that's that's what we're trying to focus on and and get to the features that the 80 and 90 percent of the people are using um and you know not not to make the the five or the ten percent sad uh but we we want to make everyone the the bulk of people happy first yeah you want you want people working on stuff that's going to make people happy not just you know little features that the majority doesn't necessarily care about yeah. um <clears throat> One thing that sort of came up yesterday when the AT&T update um, started rolling out was I noticed that there was multiple app updates that were being pushed out, but one of the biggest ones that, that sort of came up in, in conversation was BlackBerry services specifically because a lot of people, when they see that, they see BlackBerry services and they sort of relate that to Google services, and I know that's not necessarily the case, um, but I was just wondering if you could, like, explain what exactly BlackBerry services is because it is a rather large app on the priv when you look into into the, the background of it, the application size and everything like that. Um, what exactly is BlackBerry services and why is is this like the thing that controls all of the BlackBerry related stuff on the priv or what is it? No, that's a that's actually a really great question. Um, and if if you do think of it sort of akin to uh, what Google services is, then you're in sort of that same ballpark in that same bucket, right? Um, essentially what it is, it's, it's a library of stuff that does common things. Um, and, you know, a great example is it actually ho hosts our, our email and calendar and, and contacts protocol type stuff. So you don't have to write it in the hub or in calendar. You have this common layer uh, that does a bunch of things and then you call it in from the individual applications um, and that allows the individual applications to be a little bit smaller in size 
when you update them uh, because now you have this this common uh, layer of services and that's just you know good architectural practices that we've baked into uh, uh, working with Priv and everything that we've done here because you know we want to make sure that we take advantage of everything uh, that this platform and ecosystem has to offer um, and that is one of the big things that we've done there so you know the services layer itself is specific to uh, all of the blackberry goodness um, that goes into the functionality for the supporting applications that sit, would sit on top of it so if you uh, you know sort of getting more into the weeds I guess if you look at it as a, a typical architectural diagram you have your OS layer on t at the bottom you have your services layer and then you have your applications that sit on top of it and that's what we've built there w with uh, Priv and services and, and things like Hub and Calendar. Thanks. That's a great explanation because again it, it was coming up because some people downloaded the, the services app and they were able to go ahead and get WhatsApp in the hub before they actually got the hub update. So it was kind of like, how's this working? And why, why is this happening? So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so again, services, it helps enable a lot of that stuff happen. And, you know, as part of the, the Google uh, Play update strategy, uh, what you will see is on days where we have these updates coming from uh, uh, the applications, you'll see services posted sort of first um, because you need to make sure that gets out there and is cached within play uh, before users go and get uh, the the hub application or the, the calendar application because there is a dependency there. Cool. Perfect. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. I know myself, I was wondering what the real benefits were with having that services layer there. So it's very cool to have that protocol kind of connecting. I had a question. You know, obviously, there's going to be a lot of consumer interest in this device. And a lot of people are asking questions as to where is the best way to actually submit feature requests or let people know about bugs. Is it the support forums? Where are you guys looking to kind of have the more organization in terms of communicating with the different and various software teams? Yeah, I know. Great question. So, uh, you know, I've always been pretty clear uh, from a social standpoint that, uh, you know, my door is open uh, for feedback. You know, I take feedback on Twitter. Uh, I've always said people are feel free to email me. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's a little hard to always respond. So I do appreciate when people are able to take that uh, into context. Um, and sometimes, you know, it gets down to I actually just can't respond um, to some of the features. Uh, and, and part of that is it's I'm not at liberty to say or no matter what the answer is, someone may not be happy with the answer, right? Um, so those things need to be taken into consideration. So for me personally, I'm always happy to take feedback. Uh, but we do have our support forms, uh, which is monitored by our support organization. Um, it's also a great way for others to see uh, what is what problems others are, are experiencing and what the solutions were for that same problem itself. So a lot of the time, if a problem and solution is found, that gets posted and marked uh, and verified so that people can uh, do a little bit of self-service as well. Many thanks to Michael for lending us some of your time to record and share your insights and viewpoints to the community. This has been Upstream number 79. Thank you once again, Michael. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yes.